We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am the host, as always. And joining me is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Great, man. It's a new week. Or at least we're halfway through the week, but a new week of news for the Chargers, and things are getting exciting. And we'll talk about all those things in a bit. Steven, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, this I've legitimately never seen a, a week of coaching news quite like this one Ooh. in my life. <laughs> uh, Pete Carroll is out. Bill Belichick is out. Nick Saban retires. Uh, it's been a, uh, been a week. Obviously Nick Saban's retirement doesn't really have anything to do with like the NFL, but uh, I cannot say I've seen anything like this. You know, there's talk now that maybe two more playoff teams might be moving on from coaches. Like, this this coaching cycle is crazy. It's uh, legitimately one of the craziest and the most exciting coaching cycles I can ever remember. It's it's wild, and there's been a, a change of the guard, and you know eras changing with like the quarterbacks. So Rivers, Breeze, Manning, other Manning, Brady, etc. You know that was a big change. But coaching, yeah. you know, some of these long-standing guys have stood for a very long time. I am very curious how much things change. I do think Saban potentially opens up something some people have like said variable there but i don't don't really buy that to be honest um but i am curious how many teams that have said hey we're keeping our coach for 2024 or are in the postseason like you said are now going well okay (laughs) yeah maybe we gotta think about this for a second yeah yeah it still sounds like bill belichick and pete carroll want to keep coaching uh although pete carroll is supposedly is going to be like working in the front office in seattle so I don't know, man. Either way, it's going to be crazy, um, and we're going to talk about some of that today. Um, in case you missed it, we did interview Jeff Diamond on the Chargers channel yesterday. He is a former NFL executive of the year as the GM of the Minnesota Vikings and president of the Tennessee Titans. Um, had a great conversation with him about some insight into kind of what goes on in these interviews, and hopefully you guys uh, will check that out and enjoy it. Um, today, we are going to talk more about Mr. Mike Vrabel. Um, a lot of people potentially penciling him in for New England, but it sounds like they might be all in on Gerard Mayo, which they wouldn't even have to do an interview search. They could just promote him, apparently. Um, <laughs> so we got to talk about Mike Rabel and like, what kind of a, a staff would look like. Um, the Chargers, of course, have kind of really started their GM search in earnest. Um, and so we'll talk about those two things. Um, before we get started about those two topics, the Chargers did interview Mr. Patrick Graham, the Raiders defensive coordinator. Um, you know, I, I think he's a candidate we didn't necessarily talk about. Obviously, Tyler, your dad is a Raiders fan. You've watched a lot more of Raiders football than some probably the majority of our listeners. Uh, so what do you think of uh, Mr. Patrick Graham's candidacy and the Chargers interviewing him? 
Okay, so as far as candidacy, I I don't believe he'd be super high up there. I think you have to have, you know, well, Mike McDonald's defense, for example, and the Ravens' defense, uh, and things like that. But I will say, a lot of Chargers fans saw the name, and there was this said and that said. I have to respect Graham and what he's been able to do with Max Crosby and basically not really anybody else, right. and make a lot of pieces that aren't great pieces work a lot of you know cast off veteran guys just being able to gel those guys together most of them on the cheap and create a pretty decent unit you know one that we saw limit the miami dolphins and one where they beat the denver broncos and they beat the chargers and they beat the chiefs like gotta respect what graham has been able to do with what they have versus maybe what we've seen with the chargers and what they did with a lot more I think, you know, probably like the the bar of trying to evaluate coaches is who is doing more with less. And that doesn't mean, you know, you are automatically, you know, accomplishing an elite defense. The Raiders were not that um, for the season as a whole, although the last eight weeks of the season, they were second in the league in EPA per play and uh, ninth in success rate. So they were they were really good on defense this year. And like Tyler is alluding, it's not like they have, you know, a, a super stacked roster. Um, you know, Malcolm Kuntz is their their edge rusher, too. They don't really have, you know, high-end linebackers. They certainly don't have high-end cornerback play. Um, you know, it, there are significantly worse units out there from a talent perspective. So, you know, it, it's been kind of a mixed bag for him. His last season in New York, he certainly had uh, an above average defense there as well. I think they were 12th in EPA per play that season, kind of middle of the pack. Um, but he he's pretty well respected as a leader. He's pretty well respected as a player's coach. Um, you know, you hear Max Crosby and all those guys talk about him. They speak very highly of him. So I think it makes sense to interview him. Again, the Chargers are casting a very wide net here. And I think that is the right approach in my opinion. And so why not, you know, Hey man, the Raiders looked like an elite defense when they played us a few weeks ago. Like, let's see what happened there. Let's see what, how did you tie down Mahomes a few weeks ago? And so again, I think pick his brain, see what happens there and see if this is a guy that you could potentially uh, invest in. I I don't Mm -hmm. like one of the top candidates by any means, but you know, there's no harm in asking. I also be a little bit curious if they would consider, let's say, let's say Harbaugh goes to the Raiders. Does he keep Patrick Graham? Or does another coach keep Patrick? I don't know if it's Belichick, let's say. I doubt it. But do they keep Patrick Graham? If not, if Patrick Graham becomes available, you already had a meeting with him. Yeah. And that's, you know, you can do a lot worse than Patrick Graham as a defensive coordinator. So this is, again, some you do interviews for a lot of reasons. Gather intel on, on opponents. Gather intel on division rivals. Obviously, the, the actual interview. Maybe this is a guy we could envision being a coordinator at some point, you know, build connections. So you do a lot of everything. He is the first external head coaching interview for what it's worth. Um, and we'll see what goes there. Um, the other, you mentioned him earlier, the other news uh, in terms of the head coaching search, the Chargers have finally requested an interview, or at least it was finally made public with Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, um, a guy that Tyler and I are both relatively high on, but prefer offensive candidates if given the choice. So, um, it is going to be interesting to see the the Chargers will interview both Ravens coordinators since they are currently on a bye. They, the Chargers cannot interview them until after the divisional round. Um, so that is that is certainly something that they'll have to wait for on those two candidates. Yeah, it's if we didn't just do this with Staley, I think he'd be higher for us on our list. Yeah, but you know, because we did, therefore he's not. But great candidate. If you're looking for candidates around the NFL. And ranking him based on overall, not just Chargers specific. You could argue he's, I guess with Rabel now, it changes things. But fourth, it's certainly a top five candidate, I think. So really good candidate. Both candidates, I think, are pretty strong from the Ravens. They can bring a lot with them. You know, the Ravens can bring, or McDonald can bring the defensive coaching staff. And they can bring Hortiz. And so there's a lot you can bring with these guys. And that's what I do hope a lot of fans understand with some rankings or discussions of coaches. It's not just the coach. Sometimes it's not yeah. even just the GM. It's who they can bring with them. And that's why some people, I know like Isabel's in the chat, likes like the Bobby Sloak, Adam Peters connection, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It's not, the Chargers just don't need a coach. They need a lot and a whole yeah. culture change and alignment and stuff like that. So I, I think guys like McDonald, you know, are really appealing and attractive because of what they could bring with them. 
Yeah, yeah, Mike McDonald has been up through the Baltimore tree. That's where obviously he his roots are. Um, the Ravens are obviously the the top team in the AFC right now. They've been one of the best organizations in the league over the last decade. Um, he was also with Jim Harbaugh as the defensive coordinator. Um, so it, it is going to be really interesting to see from just not just a coaching search, but you know uh, Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator at Michigan, Jesse Minter, and Mike McDonald are kind of these two like arguably the brightest minds in defense in terms of the young guys coming up right now. And this could potentially be, you know, like the defensive meta, you know, it was obviously the Vic Fangio stuff for a little bit before that it was the cover three Legion of Boone stuff. Now potentially we could be seeing, you know, the Mike McDonald, Jim, Har uh, John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh defenses kind of, you know, permeate throughout the rest of the league in terms of defensive schemes. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so don't go get the next big thing. Cause that sometimes doesn't, work yeah yeah we'll see but you know at the end of the day i think also one of the things that's in vogue right now is hiring a coach who's not a play caller mm -hmm. and you know we've seen brian dable and jonathan gannon and, and nick sirianni so it is going to be interesting to see if that applies here to the chargers if they hire one of these leader guys and that person ends up hiring play callers himself yeah especially as it pertains to these defensive guys all right, uh, let's uh, let's start with Mike Vrabel here again. Uh, shocker from Tennessee that he's available. I think you know he is objectively a, a really great candidate for this job. Um, to me, one of the you know ten best coaches in the league in terms of resetting a culture, in terms of building a, a high end defense, all that stuff, game management are areas that he uh, really excels at. So uh, let's dive into this big four that we have prepared. We did this exercise previously for other coaching candidates and GM candidates. So if you missed that, uh, please go check that out here. But Tyler, you did, uh, well, you found a lot of nuggets here because, it, you know, Mike Vrabel has a very, you know, Houston Texan, New England Patriot, Tennessee Titan background, but his, his influence kind of goes in other places as well here. So why don't you walk us through some of your preferred options here? Yeah, so Brian Gain for as the assistant GM for the Bills right now, the Chargers. We'll talk about the other um, candidate in a second. They already were interviewed one, or they're going to interview one member of the Bills front office. Brian Gain, uh, they were together, of course. These these This big four, for those who haven't seen it, it's built off of connections. Of course, we could just select the best guys possible and throw them in here, and maybe that ends up happening. But I don't see any connection from Vrabel to Adam Peters. We're trying to find you know, relationships, history, that sort of thing. And if you want to hear how we feel about other GMs and other coaches, watch our other videos. Uh, so Gain would be the GM here, I think. Um, there was one year with him and Brant Tillis for the Kansas City Chiefs, who is a big name right now as well. But Vrabel was a player. Tillis was there for one year. I think it was his first year. And then that's that's kind of their history. So it's there, but I don't think it's as strong a connection as with Brian Gain here. I do have Arthur Smith on here um, there are definitely some other options we'll see what they do with tennessee so tim kelly charles london right now tim kelly is their offensive coordinator in tennessee charles london is the pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach so it could be one of those two guys but as, as steven pointed out when we were discussing earlier it could just be that they want to keep everything intact for will levis as things move forward so that's possible um, george godsey the tight end coach for the ravens is a possibility there at offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, I, I could have put like an asterisk or maybe just left him in like the alternate OCs um, option, but him and Vrabel spent so much time together when Arthur Smith was the tight ends coach, then he was promoted to the offensive coordinator. And during that time, they went to the AFC championship. They were second in success rate behind the Chiefs over that two-year span by like 0.3%. That's how good they were. You know, they had Marcus Mariota. They pivoted to Ryan Tannehill in that first year with Arthur Smith. He ended up winning comeback player of the year. The next year, Derrick Henry rushed for 2,057 yards or whatever it was, which is ridiculous. And I don't like the Chargers don't need that, but that sounds great that you can pivot to that. So I think like Tim Kelly, Charles London, these other guys, Arthur Smith is really the best available candidate with a connection, of course. Um, whether you feel great about him after the sort of blow up thing, after the Saints game is a whole other thing, or how we use Bijan or Kyle Pitts. I get that. But to me, Arthur Smith is a proven play caller um, and heck, a veteran head coach as is. Um, as far as go for it. No, I was going to say just regarding Arthur Smith, I, like I understand why people would be hesitant. We're not 
we're not advocating for him as a head coach. Like this is offensive coordinator. I think, you know, some guys are just not meant to be head coaches and that kind of pressure of, of everything can really get to them. You know, the Falcons were top 10 in EPA per play and DVOA on offense last season with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. And then this season, you know, for whatever reason, the rails kind of came off with the, the Desmond Ritter situation and then Taylor Heineke and then back to Desmond Ritter. When Arthur Smith has a quarterback he trusts that is in play for the long haul, he's coordinated very high-end offenses. So I understand it did not go well this past season in Atlanta. Um, he wouldn't have a quarterback issue in the, with the Chargers. He would have Justin Herbert, who has, you know, some some skill set overlap with what Ryan Tannehill got. You know, Ryan Tannehill is a play-action shot king. He's so good at that. Justin Herbert is good at that, obviously. You know, you can use Justin Herbert's legs. So there is some overlap there. I think the fit would be really clean. He was Arthur Smith was a guy that I was very interested in the Chargers uh, hiring as a head coach a few years ago. Um, and so I, I understand the hesitation, you know, of mentioning him. I mentioned him as, as a potential guy that could work with Jim Harbaugh. And people were not happy about that. So I get it. I understand the trepidation here. But you're talking about an offensive coordinator, not a head coach. and like I said, there's a proven track record with Arthur Smith. When he has a stable quarterback situation, he coordinates high in offenses. And I think him and Rabel are extremely close. They're like best friends. I think wherever Rabel is going, I'm pretty sure Arthur Smith is going to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I I would agree. And it would it would be the smart choice. And just looking, we kind of joked and Kevin even joked, you know, if they have Arthur Smith and finally we can develop our RB3 and wide receiver <laughs> four and Quentin Johnston. Um, I joked the same thing. Looking at the history of those two years, it was very much A.J. Brown, you know, 2,000 yards or whatever it yes, was over those two seasons. So it's not like, you know, they forgot about A.J. Brown. Uh, right. They didn't have, you know, 1,500, like the A.J. Brown best seasons like he did in Philly. But it's not like Tannehill was throwing it a ton. And like I said, they had Mariota first, then pivoted to Tannehill. So run game will get going. Obviously, the tight ends will be solid. I think that you, know, you have Keenan, Quentin, whatever it is. I think Arthur Smith is a, is a great candidate. And frankly... I'm not saying this is, you know, the the deciding factor here, but because we'll see what Harbaugh can pull. But if you're just looking at the history of John Harbaugh with offensive coordinators out there, there isn't one out there connected to him like Arthur Smith. Yeah, uh, it's like Greg Roman probably, and like there's there's an aspect of Greg Roman that will work. I don't really think it works for Justin Herbert no. uh, or some <laughs> other or many other uh, quarterbacks out there. You know, Vrabel saying, "Hey, I'm going to bring in Arthur Smith." I, I think that would be pretty enticing. And Vrabel, for what it's worth, would probably also work with like an Adam Peters. So every time you get Vrabel, Peters, Arthur Smith, or Cunningham, Vrabel, Smith, um, that's awesome. And then the defensive side was just pick whatever awesome defensive so coordinator good. you want. Like yeah. his, the, every, he can pull from anybody. I put Anthony Weaver here, the defensive line coach and associate head coach for the Ravens. You could pull him, although he did get a, a head coaching interview. I don't know if that's going to materialize. Um, but hey, like he, that's how regarded he is. We talked about Terrell Williams, the associate head coach for the Titans, who probably would be the favorite for defensive coordinator, given Vrabel let him be the head coach for a game against the Bears in the preseason, and he is the associate head coach. Again, it depends, though, if you know he stays with Tennessee, leaves, whatever. Um, Shane Bowen, who's the current defensive coordinator for the Titans. John Butler, who is currently the pass game coordinator and DB's coach for the Bills. Like, there's a lot of Vrabel can pull from. And, and to yeah. me, like, gain is, you know, in terms of GM, like, connection, I don't know if that's, like, my favorite GM candidate out there. But still, like, Vrabel can pull a heck of a coaching staff. And I think that is worth discussing for sure. And I think for what it's worth, you know, Vrabel is probably going to have a decent amount of roster, say. You know, I, I think the issue with the Titans, it seemed very much like the owner – wanted things to be like new age and everything like that. And, and and I don't know if that's like a great fit, obviously. Um, but if you hired a younger GM candidate, we're going to talk about some of these guys later on. And, and you have Mike Vrabel, you know, you can have kind of a, a, a an understanding of power structure that, that theoretically, theoretically could make sense. I don't believe that a head coach as a GM, as a model works in today's NFL. I think you do need a clear power structure. Um, so you do uh, you do need a GM who has some say and has some pull and can, I, I think, also, you know, be able to override the head coach when needed. So 
you know, it, it's kind of up in the air. I don't think you necessarily have to pull from a, a connection to Mike Rabel, although obviously it is kind of preferred model that these two guys kind of know each other. But at the same time, you know, you look at like what's working in Detroit with Dan Campbell and, and Brad Holmes, you could certainly kind of follow that model as kind of like an established assistant GM, established head coaching candidate and, and see what you get with the Chargers. Yeah, in this particular case too, if Harbaugh, you know, goes back to Michigan, let's say, <clears throat> anyway, if Harbaugh goes back to Michigan, stays or goes elsewhere, whatever, you do want to go after Vrabel immediately. Yeah. And, and so I think like someone like Brian Gain gets kind of sit on the back burner and not be the, you know, you don't have to hire Gain first. You don't have to hire GM first in this case. You go and get Vrabel. Oh, yeah. wow. Rusty's saying Vrabel's his first choice. I respect it. I get it. Um, from earlier, Guns N' Roses fan 2012, honorable mention for Alter and OC, Mike LaFour. Um, I think that's something that Vrabel could pull from as well. It's a great choice because um, Mike Vrabel hired Matt LaFleur as his first offensive coordinator in Tennessee. So I, I, I think this is kind of a leg up for Vrabel over the other top guys is we know that Vrabel can put together a truly like high quality coaching staff. He's done that for years in Tennessee. Um, you know, he's hired two offensive coordinators who became head coaches. He's hired a bunch of high quality defensive coaches. So, that to me is a is a leg up over Jim Harbaugh, even for me. You know, if you're kind of stacking up the chips, I think Vrabel could put together the best staff because I think he really is like somebody who could just, you know, nail this this coaching search. I think people like the, the amount of people who voiced their support of Mike Vrabel after he got fired was pretty shocking. So and I guess not shocking, but um, it was outpouring. So I think he would put together an awesome, awesome staff you know, starting from offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, position coaches, like really think about the kind of transition you would have with the Chargers with Mike Rabel, Anthony Weaver, and somebody else. You could swap Terrell Williams in there. Like the amount of physicality, defensive line emphasis would be drastically different over what we've seen from the past few years. So if yeah. Mike Rabel is your number one candidate, I totally understand. I think he is a great coach. I think you can put an awesome staff together. And I think you're seeing that on this screen. Like, I think, yeah, if you're talking about big, big three, if you take the GM out of it and just give me like head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, this might be my favorite trio that we've done in this exercise. Yeah. What makes Vrabel so enticing, which we talked about on the Chargers channel, is that I don't know if you can, you know, he didn't exactly do it the third time, although the quarterback situation has been different, but he hired LaFleur and then Arthur Smith was the next guy. Yeah. Like having the succession plan is so key and be able to actually maybe even improve with Arthur Smith and the Titans and get, you know, again, Henry to offensive player of the year, comeback player of the year for Tannehill with Arthur Smith. And that be your next guy in line option. That's pretty cool. Like Vrabel completely understood that, that particular assignment uh, and nailed that with Arthur Smith. I'm curious. Do you feel like let's see, he has a, they have a really good year with the chargers year one. Herbert's great. Everyone's healthy. Do you feel Smith is even a 2025 candidate for head coach? Or do you think the NFL probably wants to see a couple of years before bringing him back? Ooh. That's a tough one, man. I think the Chargers would have to like legitimately like go on a playoff run, I think. Like Arthur Smith's, you know, PR needs needs some work right now, you know, especially after the way things ended in Atlanta. And I totally understand the concerns there, but I, I think it would need some work. Plus, if the Chargers are like this wildly improved team it, it would kind of just be more i feel like the credit would go towards Vrabel in this instance not towards arthur smith yeah yeah man i, I really do like this coaching staff uh, just the options is you don't have to settle for the one guy like especially on defense you know do you want the ravens defensive line do you want the titans defensive line bill secondary you know, that's bill a secondary. great group, yeah. like <laughs> Just pick whatever you want, <laughs> um, and the defense would be pretty good, I think. Like at minimum, the defense is really good. Um, unlike Belichick, of course, like sure, Vrabel does not have the championships in the history, um, but like this staff, if you're telling me Vrabel, Smith, Weaver, or Belichick, Belichick as the GM, and then McDaniel's Patricia or whatever, respectfully, championships aside, this staff for Vrabel, if available, is outstanding and, and much better. Like I said, one of my favorite groups here. And um, you have options at offensive coordinator, options at defensive coordinator. Uh, the Chargers did block a request for Ryan Ficken. So they that's clearly... what I'm talking about. That is the <laughs> best thing that happened all week. That is the best thing that has happened all week. 
Shout out Ryan Ficken. What a legend, man. Uh, the Chargers finishing third in DVOA this year is just, you know, a, a major hat tip to him. So it, that coaching staff would feed families, man. Like this group <laughs> plus Ryan Ficken, sign me the hell up. I, I would be super stoked with this coaching staff. Yeah, that's um, that's a one, two, three right there. And like, even if like the defensive coordinator, even if you're not sure, like, you know, Vrabel with his yeah. background will make it work. So. Uh, it, it, it's a really kick-ass staff gm we'll see um yeah but we'll see this is just this is just the connection here we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Chargers fans? Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before Chargers kickoff. Hey, it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast. I'm here to talk about prize picks. PrizePix is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I've loved using prize picks so far. This week's I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for our first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, so you guys let us know what you're, what you're feeling about Mike Vrabel and his candidacy. Um, but I think objectively, he's he's a top-tier candidate right now. So whether you feel about Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, or Ben Johnson, I think that's the that's the trio, and and I'm stoked with any of the three. But I yeah. feel like Mike Vrabel's staff, man, might give him a, a real edge there. But I still tend to lean offense in Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, no, totally. I, I do as well. All right. For clowns, though. Woohoo! Woo! Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, all right. Let's get to the GM side of here. Uh, the, the Chargers did interview uh, Mr. Brandon Brown, the assistant GM of the New York Giants. Um, so he is their first external interview, and he is uh, going to be featured in this slideshow as well. So um, we did this earlier for other GM candidates, for our top guys. Kind of an elevator pitch here. Um, Brandon Brown, I think, is is certainly one of the younger guys in this cycle that the chargers could pull from. Um, but there's nothing but positive things that come out of New York about Brandon Brown. Uh, I had a friend of mine who covers the New York giants 
And he reached out to me and said that Brandon Brown was one of the biggest winners of this year's accelerator program meeting that happened a few weeks ago at the ownership meeting. So he's a guy that's considered a rising star. Um, the Giants consider him their football solutions guy. Um, Brian Dable, Joe Shane kind of have big personalities. They're trying to be aggressive. And Brandon Brown is kind of like the, okay, like let's settle down. Let's be patient kind of guy. He has that kind of influence there. The Giants literally do not have a college scouting director because they trust Brandon Brown to basically wear that hat as well. So this is a guy who's fulfilling multiple roles there. He is a, a another candidate who has been tied with the Eagles. Um, that's where he was previously before the New York Giants. So he has a, a really unique background because of that. Um, and then I know that some people will value this. He has a, a law degree. He has he has uh, uh, earned his law degree in environmental law after he played football and graduated from the University of Fordham. So very unique candidate, certainly on the younger side, but there's a ton of positivity about him. He's certainly a guy that is considered a rising star in uh, in the GM world right now. Yeah, I think that he's very young. I think he's 35 years old, Yeah, um, super, super young, and... I would, I okay. I'll be honest. The Giants aren't good, <laughs> so that is that is basically my instant. They won a playoff game this. last year. <laughs> that's right. Hey, you know that's more than the Chargers <laughs> did, right? That is a positive increase. But um, I think this is a candidate who is someone who will get there eventually. I think it's a bit early. Um, again, thirty-five is very, 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 very young, which is not a yeah. problem by any means. But some people have more years in the league. Um, but yeah, you almost like Cunningham, the Giants, the Bears have big decisions with quarterback coming up. Yeah. And I think if you show me again, this is this might never happen. The Chargers might have a GM for the next 10 years. But if you had a Brendan Brown and they go out and they successfully get another quarterback, the Giants become actual, you know, playoff contenders and actually competitive in their division year in, year out. Then I think that's a time where you're like, OK, this is it. Um, but his, his resume is really enticing. The former experience with the Eagles, of course, is great. Um, all, all good things about him for sure. Just, just a bit, a bit young, honestly. Yeah. But he is the first interview. So, uh, had to talk about him. He was not on our initial list. I think because both of us kind of agree his, his age is, is probably a bit of a concern. Mm -hmm. Tom Telesco was also very young, not to say that they shouldn't hire another young guy because of Tom Telesco. Um, yeah. but I think both of us just kind of prefer a little bit more experience right now. For sure. All right. Uh, a complete opposite would be Jeff Ireland, the assistant GM and vice president of the New Orleans Saints. Most experienced candidate, uh, I think, by far at this point. Um, as you pointed out, key presence in maneuvering the Saints cap problems. The Saints do it every year in some way. Doesn't mean they're always a great team, you know, living in that sort of situation. But hey, they are also in the postseason, so good for them. The Chargers are not, so there it is. A couple of connections by way of Miami and Dallas. Uh, ben Johnson, when Ben Johnson was in Miami, and of course, Dan Quinn. Oh, no, sorry. Ben, Dan Quinn would be Seattle, not Dallas. Pardon me. Um, but connections there. Uh, anybody anybody read Jeff Ireland's Wikipedia page uh, recently? <laughs> it's like uh, so it, <laughs> No. It's multi-paragraphs about how Dolphins fans would fly banners over the games to say, fire Jeff Ireland. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> And a couple Sweet. of comments, yeah, and a couple of comments. Um, he had asked only because Des Bryant brought it up. He asked Des Bryant a question about his mother potentially being a prostitute, and that kind of got him in some trouble. Uh, so you know, <laughs> there, Yikes, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's a long Wikipedia page. Um, so go ahead and read it, everybody. Um, now that's anyway, uh, funny enough, the last time the Dolphins fans flew that banner was when they were playing the chargers so you know there's the connection there uh not the anyway so very seasoned candidate and i guess that's we can just read the wikipedia page for the next 20 minutes like we'll just do that instead see i i read his profile on the saints website i didn't read his wikipedia page <laughs> not, you go to wikipedia for the real shit man if any if I teach my students anything, it's go to Wikipedia for the <laughs> super reliable source, guys. <laughs> oh man! Oh, but but then he got hired by the Seahawks, and then he was um, they moved on from him after a month. So that... <laughs> real ringing endorsement here. 
yeah so um there you go you come the 210 of you are in here listening to us right now we give you the best stuff like only here can you get us to read you wikipedia <laughs> my face is literally red from laughing <laughs> oh my gosh in all seriousness though <laughs> the charges going from tom telesco to a saint's person would be kind of hilarious like just go from somebody who is very much he put the link in the chat that's hilarious <laughs> um going from somebody who is very much like uh risk averse in terms of the cap in terms of trading mm. up to somebody coming from the saints who have just <laughs> restructured every <laughs> single contract that they possibly could for the last decade and then traded up every single time uh i did find a story on espn of his second draft it would have been the 2017 draft with the saints about how he convinced uh sean payton and mickey loomis to not trade up and it allowed them to draft ryan ramchek and then that was mm. the only story i could find for, of his tenure in in the saints since that point so uh you know it is what it is very experienced I don't know how much the experience count. I'm I'm thinking I'm finding myself thinking of the if failure is experience quote from Thanos in, in Infinity War. But um <laughs> I, certainly it makes sense to pick the brain of a Saints person about in about looming cap issues. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Steven, that was wonderful. You need to be the PR person for anybody. Um, right, Positive twist is my thing, I guess. That, that was very, very good. It, it, Jeff Ireland can take the cap and make it work. You made his resume and made that work. I, I was almost sold, man. I was almost sold. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's hey. get to the next one here. <laughs> Much, uh, yeah, not the same thing. Yeah, not the same thing at all. Um, Terrence Gray is the director of player personnel for the Buffalo Bills. Um, we talked on our previous show about GM candidates, about different backgrounds being a bit of a strength for candidates because you can see different ideas, different uh, strategies, different ways to manipulate the cap, different ways to draft, all that stuff. Terrence Gray certainly has that. Um, he's been around the Chiefs. He's been around the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. Um, when we talked to Tej Seth, he mentioned that one of the things that he would value is a person coming from a background who has built a contender around an expensive quarterback. That's what the Chargers are going to be trying to do with Justin Herbert. And he's been around Josh Allen, who's on a very expensive contract. Um, you know, he's been in different kind of like journeyman contract stages with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. The Bills have been very consistent competitors. The, the Vikings in, in their tenure, uh, he probably left before they were like really good. So, um, you know, it is what it is, but I think his background is one that would lead itself to a, a diverse approach to this to this uh, GM position, as well as having that experience and also connected to Ryan Ficken. So Ryan Ficken would stick around. <laughs> That's never mind. Number one candidate right here. <laughs> and hands down, Terrence Gray here. Now, I really I really like the, the breadth of experience here. I think for a yeah. lot of these GMs, the ones that we had looked at before, the most they kind of maxed out was with Adam Peters with three and then Ian Cunningham with three uh, teams. And that was it. So to see someone like Gray with the Chiefs and the Vikings and the Bills, like that's another candidate that really, really sticks out there in terms of experience. Uh, this contract with Justin Herbert is not going to be cheap. Um, it hasn't been cheap with Josh Allen. And it's not that the, you know, the Bills haven't won the Super Bowl. They haven't exactly been like a top tier competitive, like say the Chiefs have been. But they've been very, very competitive making the postseason been one of the best teams every single year, no matter what. So pick that guy's brain. How have you done it? How have you been consistent? How have you, especially from their perspective, taken yourselves from not being the division winner, that being the Patriots for X number of years before that, to becoming that team that has flipped the switch to become you know, the class of your division? The Chargers are trying to figure out how to do that um, with the Chiefs and, well, and the Broncos and the Raiders are ahead of them right now. But you know what? For the most part, the Chiefs, how do you get ahead? How would you flip that switch in your organization? So good to ask him. Good to interview him for sure. Good candidate, I think. Yeah. All right, let's get to... There's another one, right? Yes, uh, Jeff King. Yep, Jeff King, the co-director of player personnel for the Chicago Bears. You, That was a fist pump uh, for those who are listening and not seeing it live. So, Stephen, would you like to talk about Jeff King? <laughs> that, that was very, like, emotional. I just uh, this is such a different background as a GM candidate. We there, it's super rare that like, I mean, he was never a star player in the NFL, but he played eight years in the league, and that experience is extremely different. 
in terms of the typical profile that you're getting from a GM candidate. Um, he was a blocking tight end for the most part. He also played basketball at the University of Virginia Tech. Um, so he did both things. He was kind of uh, a, a double sport athlete in college, which again is very rare. Despite his profile as a player, he decided to truly like grind it out as a scout and an analytics grunt intern with the Chicago Bears. He rose up in, in pro personnel in terms of kind of at you know adding free agents. That's kind of what he does for the the Chicago Bears right now. He's he's inside of that that realm. Um, but it, it's just a unique approach because you're getting a former a former player who is a physical like blocking tight end. He also came up in the league in analytics, and that approach has really helped him rise through the ranks as as a personnel standpoint. Uh, he's been well respected for his work on day three prospects in Chicago, as well as kind of signing low key free agents. He was he's been given credit for the draft pick of Braxton Jones, among others, who is a fifth round pick who's been a quality starting left tackle for them. Um, guys like Justin Jones, who signed from the Chargers, that's a guy who signed there largely because of Jeff King's work. So there's a lot of kind of the the margin things that I think would be really cool here. Um, he also was uh, heavily involved with each Bears coach. He had great relationships with John Fox, Vic Vangio, mm. um, Matt Nagy, as well as Matt Eberflus right now. So he is somebody who kind of tiptoes in between the personnel side and the coaching side and the player side. Players go to him for advice pretty often. So mm. this is more of a like leadership GM as opposed to like, He's somebody who is like he has obviously the scouting stuff with him, but it's mm -hmm. very different than like this guy dra has drafted really well. This guy has signed a lot of key free agents. This guy's into analytics. This guy's into the cap. Jeff King kind of does all of that while also having the ability to say, hey, like I played in the league recently. I played for for quite a while and I have that background with him as well. So he is to me like one of the more interesting candidates right now. I think there are better candidates, but. In terms of just like intrigue, I would love to see what Jeff King would look like. I also got retweeted about this from like Kyle Long. A bunch of Bears players were like fully support of Jeff King becoming wow. a potential GM. So he has great relationships in Chicago with the Bears players, with the coaches. Like the tweet kind of blew up a little bit and it was just like me tweeting <laughs> how cool the story was. So it yeah. just kind of spoke to me a little bit about how valued he is in Chicago. That's fascinating. I, I didn't know you got all the love. So first off, congratulations. I love that this is an individual. It's funny that Cunningham, same way as a former player, there's different different um, backgrounds here. And this is a very, very different background. And I do love just looking through his resume and seeing how many years he's spent working, climbing up the ladder to get to this point. And maybe he's not a GM this year, but maybe he's assistant GM coming up. Let's say if Cunningham leaves, he's assistant GM and keeps rising through there. That's really cool. And I do love that you mentioned that he is close to the players, is respected by players. Players will go to him. That's very, very important. I, I don't know that that was the same with Telesco. Not that he wasn't friendly, not that he wasn't a good guy. Yeah. But Jeff King, it just seems, especially if you're already getting player endorsements on social media from former, you know, well known players, it seems like he's a guy who really connects with his players in a way that makes you want to stay there, makes you want to work there um and get paid to be there of course so that's great and, and I, I think it is worth something for any candidate who has it to know what it is like to be out there um yeah. and also for those who want brock bowers he's probably picking brock <laughs> bowers i'm just saying like yeah. i think the former tight end is going to pick brock bowers for what it's worth and i could just see like jeff king and mike Vrabel just like being a great fit i don't know why that like really stood out to me um, you know, two guys who have played in the league, very player-friendly culture. I think that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, he is kind of a younger guy in terms of front office experience. So I think Jeff King, again, like I, I don't think he's necessarily a top guy. If you believe the reports, Adam Peters and Ian Cunningham are only interested in the Washington job. So we'll see what happens there. The Chargers have not officially requested for Ed Dodds. Joe Hortiz mm. doesn't have any requests, at least publicly at this point. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think Jeff King is, is a very different candidate who would be more of a leadership GM kind of guy as opposed to we're drafting this or, or whatever the case may be. Not to say that he doesn't have that. But the leadership traits, I think, are, are definitely there. There is also a funny story regarding Jeff King. I don't know if we <laughs> want to get into funny stories here a little bit. Callie Bear pointed this out. But when he played for the Carolina Panthers, 
he was in a game and he shit his pants and kept playing. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was all whites too. Like I'm sure it they was were like, all whites. <laughs> <laughs> so the story, the story is that he had to go to the bathroom, but it was close to halftime and he didn't want to, he didn't want to go miss game, miss the game. He wanted to wait until halftime. Um, and then he went up for a catch and Roman Harper, the safety of the saints just hit him right in the, in, in the perfect spot. And so Jeff King shit his pants on the field and kept playing for like the last minute or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, according to the teammates on the, on the, at the time who were interviewed, it endeared him to the team as somebody who would play through literal shit <laughs> to help his team win. <laughs> Wow, I mean that the bigger man than I am, I have actually gotten up during the podcast to drop a deuce. <laughs> um, I have never done the full deuce drop in the middle of a podcast before, but the, that's why he's making the the big bucks over there as a co-director of player personnel. Um, that's great. That, that that is certainly one way to get untouched to the end zone is to shit. Your yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a yeah, that's a yak uh, monster for sure. Yeah, if the Panthers were smart, they would have thrown him the football after that. You know. <laughs> I don't know if they did or not. <laughs> I'm glad this is what he's known for. That'll be the first question they ask him when he gets hired. I'm sure it was. For what it's worth, he's like proud of the story. He thinks that's like really funny, and and I don't know if he uses it like often or not. But there were like four stories about it when I googled him, so uh, it, it has come up recently. Yeah, that's king shit right there. Literally. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Bye bye. Oh man, this is a funny episode. I, I'm glad we did this. <laughs> oh man, what a day! Objectively, though, like I said, very interested in in him as a candidate. We'll see ultimately what happens there. But mm-hmm. I know people will be hesitant about like, oh, the Bears haven't been very good. I think less so than the head coach. Like you're trying to find the right person, the right leader, and I think this is a, a very clear leadership side. So I, I'll be very interested in him as a candidate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's it for the new candidates, right? That is correct. That's Yay. Correct. We did it. So the Chargers did interview. Just to make it clear, the Chargers have requested to interview everybody that we hired, that we discussed today. Um, we did not discuss them previously. So we wanted to make sure we uh, gave you guys some quick thoughts about them this afternoon. Yeah. If, I, I see the things, the comments in the chat about Vrabel or about these guys. We're kind of weeks ahead. We sort of got ahead during the season and so we you know have covered a lot of these guys already so if you missed it go back leave us a like leave us a comment whatever uh go check those out uh just in case before we head out from charlie sinclair charlie good interaction on twitter uh, yeah. i think variable might be in play for the raiders keep up the good work boys is there a connection there or is it just like a um i don't know if there's a direct connection there but um mark davis has very much been a big name hunter as well as mm-hmm. kind of obsessed with the patriots and so <laughs> you know if yeah if the patriots are really in on gerard mayo and nobody else then i think it makes sense for everybody to interview mike rabel like honestly like every team should interview mike rabel here um yeah so the, the raiders i think have kind of been on the fence with Antonio Pierce. This is just my read on the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you can correct me here, but um, oh, Tom Brady as well. They have a great relationship with Tom yeah, Brady. Yeah. Charlie pointed that too. Great shout out there. Um, reportedly, a better relationship with Brady than with Robert Kraft, for what it's worth. Um, hmm. What was I saying? I don't know. Are you? I was going to correct you if you were wrong, but I don't know what to correct you about. Oh, so my my understanding of the Raiders situation right now is they're cool with Antonio Pierce. If they cannot get a big name, like they're going to do their due diligence on Jim Harbaugh and Mike mm-hmm. Rabel. And if they can land one of those two, I think they will do that. If not, like they're cool with Antonio Pierce. So I don't think they're as like urgent as the Chargers could be in terms of the big names. Um, but I do think they're definitely interested in, in hiring one of those two. I think they just also feel like, hey, we have this guy who the players love, the locker room loves, um, the former Raiders love. So I think they're just not as urgent about it. But I do think, like Charlie said, I think it 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 would make a lot of sense for them to hire Mike Vrabel. He's the more experienced version of Antonio Pierce, pretty much. So if it worked out that way, and it worked out for the Chargers, Harbaugh, Reed, Peyton, and Vrabel, that's got to be the best for coaching by far. I, I can't think of another division that has that kind yeah. of firepower. Yeah. 
If you're Vrabel, though, do you want to go there? <laughs> yeah, I like I I don't know. I, I I the relationship with Tom Brady, the money, the history, like that's all very appealing. You live in Vegas, you don't have to pay state taxes. But I just I I don't know. I happen to think the Raiders are kind of far away from like really being a contender. But he's had worse rosters in Tennessee. Yeah, and Marietta was he available? He head back to the Raiders. Remember when we used to fear Mariota running against the Chargers? Like that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, he could bring him back. Uh, I don't know. If you're to me, like I think objectively, the the Chargers with Justin Herbert, new training facility, California, all that, and the Commanders to me are the top jobs. It sounds like the Commanders are going all offense. You know, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, that makes sense. As they should. They're picking a quarterback. So, yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, definitely encourage anybody on here listening to follow Charlie Sinclair. Uh, he is constantly retweeting videos of whoever the Chargers are interested in. So uh, if you're trying to find some content about people talking about the Chargers, Charlie does a great job of, of reposting them. So appreciate him in here tonight. Uh, we got Alex Insdorf in the chat as well. Appreciate Alex. Uh, is going to be doing a, a special edition of Bolt Breakdowns tomorrow with a special guest. So definitely uh, stay tuned for that one. Appreciate him in here tonight. And I uh, hope that interview went well today, Alex. Yeah, I, I'm going to enjoy your interview with Bo Melton. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bo Melton's little brother could be a future charger. That's true. That's true. And I drafted him in our, our mock draft. I'm never wrong, just early. Yes, yes. Shout out Bo Melton. And, How yeah. crazy are the Packers, man? Anyways, uh, Tyler, any final thoughts before we head out? That's it, man. Uh, I'm just excited for more news and more things to drop and just keep that patience game or keep the patience up. It's the 11th today and we got a you know week and a half ish left to really get past that division round. So hang in there, you know, take it easy. Don't don't go left and right and go all over the place for different rumors and things. Just uh, wait and see what happens. It's going to be a yeah. good candidate for sure. Yeah, this is a fun time. This is supposed to be a fun time talking about coaching candidates, GM candidates. I certainly had fun researching them. So hopefully you guys uh are having a good time as well. Um, just a, a scheduling update for you guys. Um, we are not going to be doing Saturday or Sunday shows during the off season. Um, we will be live here on our channel on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you can catch us on the Chargers channel on Wednesdays as always. Uh, so we'll be doing shows Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday throughout the rest of the off season, Tyler and I have been creating uh, plans and everything like that, watching table prospects, obviously the coaching search. So we're really excited about this off season. Um, obviously the, the regular season did not go as planned. So uh, the off season is going to be a ton of fun to discuss fifth overall pick new coach, new GM, a lot of exciting things. Hopefully you stick around for uh, the duration of the off season. All right. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you next week as always. Bolt up.